We continue this morning as we move through the second half of the first book of the Bible, Genesis. We've heard about Abraham and Isaac, and last Sunday, Jacob was introduced. Jacob revealed his trickster side by, as we heard the story of how he tricked his brother Esau out of his birthright. He held a meal out in front of a starving Esau in exchange for that birthright and tricked him. Well, Jacob's deceitful character is revealed yet again as we come to the next part of the story, the part of the story about blessings. Abraham and Sarah have been blessed by God. Isaac and Rebekah have been blessed by God. So who's next? Before we turn to these words of Scripture, would you please turn with me to God in prayer and let us pray. God of grace and God of truth, God of the true word, I pray that your true word might be proclaimed, that it might not be my voice, but that it might be inspired by the voice of your spirit. I pray that your spirit might come from these words and it might flow through each of us and that we might all be inspired to live that word as we leave this place today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this story comes to us from the 27th chapter of Genesis. I am going to include the two previous verses before, so verse 34 and verse 35 of chapter 26, and we'll be reading through verse 29. The story keeps going, but it's a long story, so I'm just going to focus on these uh, 31 verses. Listen now for the Word of God. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beiri the Hittite, and Basemeth, daughter of Elon the Hittite. And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called his elder son Esau and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, See, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. So now then take your weapons, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Then prepare for me savory food such as I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me game and prepare for me savory food to eat that I may bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my word as I command you. Go to the flock and get me two choice kids so that I may prepare from them savory food for your father such as he likes, and you shall take it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, look, my brother Esau is a hairy man. I'm a man of smooth skin. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my word and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. 
and she put the skins of the kids on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she handed the savory food and the bread that she had prepared to her son Jacob. So Jacob went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went up to his father Isaac, who felt him, and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Esau was the firstborn, not Jacob. Esau, his right as the firstborn son was a right solidified by custom and practice and binding family rules. It was his right to inherit his father's position in the family, his wealth, his status. Esau was born first. So it should have been a given that he would receive all of this and yet we see a different outcome. This story about Esau and Jacob and Isaac and Rebekah, it's not just about who gets what, but I think it's about something more powerful, something more lasting. I think it is about this word we hear, blessing. Now we hear that word blessing or to be blessed a lot, don't we? And not just here in the church. A couple welcomes a new baby. Oh, you are so blessed. A high school senior excels at a sport or playing an instrument. Oh, they are so blessed. You come back from an incredible trip where you had such a good time and ate all the good food and you posted all the pictures on social media. Hashtag blessed. Your friend got into a really good school. Your fiance just proposed with that huge engagement ring that you show all the pictures to. Hashtag blessed. This word blessed, blessing, that for us originated within the faith of our ancestors has been turned into a way to congratulate others, but it seems mainly to congratulate ourselves on good fortune. To be blessed means more than just getting what we want. 
to receive a blessing. It's more than feeling fulfilled or content or accepted. A blessing, as we understand from these pages of Scripture, is about that deep and powerful and overwhelming notion that we are loved by God and we belong to God. To be blessed, you see, it's not only about us. It's about how God seeks to be in relationship with us. This story about Jacob tricking his brother out of what was due to him, it doesn't feel so much like a blessing, does it? Or like that social media post, blessed. Jacob came into the world right on Esau's heels, as we heard last week, literally grabbing on to his heel as he was birthed into the hands of his parents of Isaac and Rebekah. This family of our faith starts off pretty fractured. The parents, it tells us, each favor one child over another. I know we're not supposed to do that as parents, but sometimes it happens. Isaac, it seems, favors Esau, and Rebecca says she loves Jacob the most. And the two boys, it seems, couldn't be more different. They don't seem to get along all too well either, especially when we see Jacob trick Esau in giving up his birthright. We might remember from the story told last week, Esau comes in from hunting all day. He is beyond hungry. He's tired. Jacob holds this bowl of steaming stew before him, but only promises to hand it over if Esau first hands over his birthright. Now, we all make bad decisions when we're hungry. So Esau hands it over and then enjoys his meal. Well, leading up to the part of the story we read this morning, Esau also seems to be a source of conflict for this family. It seems he has married not one but two Hittite women, women outside the bounds of their culture and their people and their faith. It seems that act has caused some bitterness among his parents. No, this family is a bit conflicted, aren't they? But if we take a step back, they look like a pretty normal family. Families are, after all, made up of people, and people don't always behave. People don't always make the best decisions, especially when it comes to relationships. This ancestral family of our faith was, in fact, a real family. So what about the blessing? This part of the story that we read this morning, it has four main movements. We start off with a tense family moment of Esau and this unconventional marriage. We then move into this plan that starts to come together for Jacob to receive the blessing from his father over Esau. We pause for a moment, though, and recall the words that God said to Rebekah just two chapters earlier. While these twin brothers were struggling in her womb, Rebecca calls out to God, and God answers her by saying, One of them will be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. So in this moment, Rebecca is recalling these words. So she then positions her favorite son, the one she loves the most, to receive this blessing from Isaac. So now the story moves to Isaac. Isaac is old. He's dying. 
And he has got to dispense this blessing on his oldest son before he passes on. Now, giving this blessing to Esau, it requires a lot of things to happen. It requires a specific set of words. It requires a shared meal, a communion, and it requires a kiss. This is the way these blessings were passed on in this tradition. It was conventional. It was expected. It was required for this family of faith and tradition to continue on. Well, then the story, it concludes with the unexpected, but only on Isaac's part, with the blessing of Jacob, not Esau. Jacob, with the help of his mother, were deceptive. They were tricksters. Rebecca loves her son Jacob so deeply. It says she's willing to take any punishment on his behalf. She's willing to deceive her own husband and the future of their family. And Jacob, well, he's already deceived his brother once by tricking him into giving up his birthright. What's one more time to solidify the deal? Deception, conflict in the family, trickery. But Jacob is now blessed. This blessing isn't one that he would want to blast on social media or brag about to his friends, though, because Jacob now has the future of his family, the future of his faith, as well as we learn later on his angry brother's vengeance that will be following him every day of his life. All of this he carries on his shoulders from this blessing. The blessing is anxiety-inducing. It feels more like a burden than a fulfilling, happy moment. It's because, you see, blessing is serious business. For Jacob, to be blessed means to hold up the promises that God has made, not just for the rest of his life, but for everyone who comes after him. For Rebecca, to be blessed means to endure the roughness of life as in childbirth and the fractured family that she is now left with. For Esau, to be blessed means to not get everything you wanted, everything you thought you were entitled to. For Isaac, to be blessed means to be blind, not only to the world around you, but to the deception of your youngest son and your wife. Being blessed by God promises a presence, yes, but a presence that weaves itself through all the brokenness and the fractured family drama. Being blessed by God promises this alternative life and living that takes us far beyond what we expect, what even might seem fair. In the middle, smack dab in the middle of this grand story of our faith, we see a story of deception and brokenness. And we get to see how God moves these imperfect yet chosen people on a journey that is going to reveal all the good things that blessings really are. You see, Jacob moves on from this pivotal moment to have dreams with God, to have wrestling matches by the river, to have marriages and children and reconciliation with a brother that he has hurt beyond measure and becomes the father of the 12 nations of Israel, which form the foundation of a faith that is stronger than any other in the history of our lives. That sounds like a blessing to me.
while Isaac and Rebecca and Esau and Jacob were not perfect and sought to take this thing of blessing into their own hands, God demonstrates that the only hands really moving and transforming are the hands of the divine. And that is what blessing is. A blessing is when God is present. A blessing is when God is the one that is recognized. A blessing is the way that we are all connected to one another, imperfect and broken as we are, yet connected, bound together through the ups and the downs of our stories, but bound together by the one who's created us, who has redeemed us, and who sustains us. The word blessed has kind of taken on its own life in our society. It's been overused, I think, to the point when most people hear it that might be met with a massive eye roll or side eye. But as we, a people of faith, the people descended from the people of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, when we reclaim this word blessed as rooted in the ever-present one true God, we may start to reclaim this story of our faith. For our story is not like, unlike that of this conflicted family. Division and entitlement and deception, even if it's in the name of love and protection, they follow us like it did for Isaac and Rebekah and Abraham and Sarah and all the stories that come after them. The good news for us, though, because there's always good news, is that God is ultimately the one working through our lives. God is ultimately the one who passes out the blessings. We're not the ones passing out blessings. The divine hand is. And we are all blessed. Fast forward to the gospel and to the life that Jesus led on earth. Most often the people crowded around Jesus were not the ones you expected to be blessed. They did not hold the power of status or wealth. And yet... Each of them were invited into this blessing of goodness and mercy and grace. God does not reward us for good behavior. But God blesses us because God loved us before we ever existed. This story about Jacob deceptively receiving a blessing I think it's meant to pull back the veil on what life is really like, what blessings are really like. This story is here to show us how faith and blessing and promise, they can move through the rough and the raw experiences of life, and they do move through the rough and raw experience of life. We all move and have our being and make decisions and trick each other, but Scripture is here to remind us that no matter how the story fold, unfolds, no matter what we do in the midst of our story, God's blessing of life and eternal love will always reign supreme. My friends, you are blessed. We are all blessed. No matter where life takes us next, we can be sure that God is already there waiting on us, waiting to bless us again and again and again. 
To God be the glory. In the name of our Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.